Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. What's up, Panther Nation? Welcome here for the post-game show. Uh, Panthers just suffered a loss to the Philadelphia Eagles, first home loss of the season, 21-18. A heartbreaking loss. I felt like we came out the first half, um, completely controlled the game, uh, dominated on the defensive side of the ball. But that's just what happens when you let teams hang around like that. You don't put them away when you're supposed to. You let them hang around. Let you know a quarterback like Jalen Hurts can make plays on you, and sure enough, you know he outplayed our guy in the second half. And I think that proved to be the difference. So we're going to let some, um, I'll drop my thoughts a little bit later. I'll let smooth go first since he's uh, got a, on a time constraint tonight. So what's your thoughts on the game tonight, smooth? I think they strategically went to that read option in the second half. Um, I'm sure we probably practiced for it during the week, but when the game came into the play, everybody uh, forgot about Jalen Hurts. He's a mobile quarterback. I'm going to hold my edges responsible. Um, they didn't do a good job of, of uh, being disciplined. You know, we always talk about gap discipline, but on the read option, you got to be extremely disciplined, and we didn't show that at all. Even late in the game when we could have got a stop and got the ball back and had a chance, you know, Burns and, and, uh, and Reddick were still overcommitting. I don't want to talk about the offensive line. I think I'll talk about that all day long. Y'all know what it is. Um, I, I made a tweet earlier that people have paid attention to. You know, you got a guy named Brady Christensen that played his whole entire life at left tackle. And you got then you got Taylor Moten that's been spending the, the majority of his career at right tackle. Why switch them up? You know, the offensive line as a whole looked really uncomfortable today. So it all trickles down. When your we offensive line is trash, it puts more pressure on your quarterback. And we know what we know what Sam Donald is. We've always known that. So there's no excuse for what happened today. It's just this is a bad loss. I don't mind losing to the Cowboys. This is an extremely bad loss because we were the better football team and we didn't display that. And I'm gonna hold coaching accountable from Chase Blackburn being the special teams coordinator to Joe Brady calling the shit game. That's just it is what it is. We know what Sam Donald is, so don't hold like we got to hold Sam Donald accountable, but we know what he is already. So it's like, <laughs> it is what it is at this point. I don't have nothing to say. Yeah, what you got to realize about Sam Donald is he's only going to be as good as the team around him. He's not the quarterback that's going to elevate the roster. And, you know, you can't have – he's not going to mask deficiencies the way an elite quarterback can do so. You know, I think Daniel Jeremiah says it best. Some quarterbacks are trucks. Others are trailers. A truck, you can lead a team like Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson. Those guys don't need to be, you know, spotless across the board. They can have some O-line deficiencies. Maybe don't need, you know, as much talent at wide receiver or running back. And they can still go out and win games for you. You know, Darnold, you know, Garoppolo, Golf. those guys are trailers. You know, you have to have that support system in place for them to succeed. So I think, you know, considering, you know, I just think when you get behind like that, you're not, he's not protected. He's getting nervous in the pocket. That's what you're going to get from Darnold. I mean, that we saw it for three years from the Jets. You know, unless you turn the blind eye, 
to his career before he got here. I mean, this is the types of games he's due to have this year. So, Kev, what's your uh, thoughts on the game? I know you were there live at the stadium. How was that experience today? Well, you know, the experience was actually pretty good. I was surprised by um, how many people showed up. But, you know, unfortunately, you know, the Eagles fan base travels well. So, you know, for me, it was um, they stayed quiet most of the game until that fourth quarter. Um, that's when a presence started being felt. I mean, you know, to see Eagle players on the field telling the crowd to get louder than they was, like, like fuck you on the road, man. Like, who, like, where they do that at? But I forgot this is Carolina, so you know, you know how our fan base can be fickle. You know, leaving early because they think they got the game in the bag and and all that shit. Um, but as far as for me. You know, we, we can talk about the offensive line till we blow in the face. It is what it is. No new players are going to be added. Um, so that would be like beating a dead horse. I mean, you know, I mean, y'all, y'all, you know, smooth was spot on. While we got a left tackle playing right tackle, you know, and while we took our right tackle that we just paid franchise money to and put him at left. Like, this is not basketball. This is – like, I get having positionless players for depth, but your starters need to be able to master that particular uh, position. I need my right tackle to be performing at a high level at right tackle. I need my left tackle to be able to perform at a high level at left tackle. You know, this this flip-flopping, uh, for whatever reason, because Moten definitely didn't, you know, like Smooth, Big Smooth said, Moten definitely didn't, um, did not look comfortable. Um, he had a couple of false starts, which is rare for him. I don't know if he had any coming into the season today. Um, you know, granted, you know, coming to this game, we said that the Eagles' defensive line was going to be, you know, their strength, what they relied on. And damn it, they didn't come through. They really made that back seven look a lot better than what they had previously been playing. Um, you know, I was excited because, you know, heading to the game, I said Tommy Trumbull, you know, would be a factor. And, you know, boom, he caught, he started off the game, you know, getting a touchdown. So I'm thinking, okay, yeah. You know, this this what's up. But um but yeah, this is you know, from the head to the to the last man on the roster, this this loss for everybody. Um Sam Donald definitely does not get a pass. I mean, I, I get what Big Smooth is saying about you know, protection and talent around him, but there were there were just too many opportunities. We left three touchdowns out there on the field today. Um and you know, when when we look at the you know, when we just look at, you know, the opportunities out there, it was just it was just completely lost, man. Um, you know, Sam Donald was sacked three times. He was hit eight more. So that's like uh, that's like 11 pressures on, let's see how many throwbacks he had on 37. Uh, not forget a few hurries that he, you know, was able to manage out of. So, you know, he was steadily, you know, under pressure for a good part of the day. Um, you know, but for me, you know, as far as the defensive line, I'm disappointed. I'm looking at Brian Burns, uh, you know, you know, two tackles, you know, and one tackle for loss when they get the quarterback. You know, the Eagles were missing, you know, the Eagles were missing, I believe, three offensive line starters. And I think both of their starting tackles were out. We we did not have the dominant performance that I was that I was expecting to rattle Jalen Hurts, you know, looking into this. Once again, that's why I really can't get excited or too optimistic whenever you know, we hear that the opposing team doesn't have key players. For whatever reason, it affects us way more than it affects other teams when they, they don't have their key players. 
you know, they went on the road, you know, missing three-fifths of their offensive line. Um, you know, back seven has been horrendous. Then, you know, like I say, giving up, you know, hell of points and hell of it plays. And, you know, we made them look like a, 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 a contending defense like ours today. It's just totally unacceptable. Uh, I don't know what the deal is with special teams. First, it was a blocked field goal. Um, the game before, now it's a blocked punt. Um, just overall, man, it's just just piss poor, uh, just totally unacceptable. Uh, an ugly loss, you know, you, you, regardless of what happens the regular season, this this will be the game that's going to really stand out for me because, you know, we, we had control and we just couldn't, you know, we don't have that killer yet. So, um, yeah, man, that's that's my opening take on it. I think there were a couple of turning points in this game for me. One, we had the ball. Let me try to find that drive. It was first and it was right before the half. You know, it was first and 10 at the Carolina 35. We had the ball. I believe we had two timeouts and we had a two minute warning still just um, left in the half. So, I mean, they look at the plays that ran. I don't know why Rule goes conservative here. He runs to Hubbard, run to Hubbard, pass to Hubbard, you know, run to Hubbard. And then we're punting. So we're very conservative with, despite having great field position right before the half. We punt the ball, get Philly deep in their own territory at their own 16. And look how aggressive they were. You know, Jalen Hurts with a 15-yard pass, a 17-yard pass. You know, they throw deep but miss it. So they drive the ball in three, four plays, get in field goal range and kick a 58-yard field goal. So right there. You know, they stole three points at the end of the half by being aggressive, whereas on our end, we were conservative. So, I mean, that's the part of the difference in the game right there. Uh, Darnold's first uh, interception also led to three points. I mean, outside of that one turnover where we gave them a short field, I mean, the defense would have pitched a shutout that half. So you're talking about six points, you know, Philly being able to steal points, whether it was the turnovers or being aggressive and stealing them at the end of the half to help gain that advantage on us. So I would like to see uh, Matt Rule be more aggressive. And, you know, especially when we get the lead, there's no need to take your foot off the gas and, you know, keep the game close and let this team linger around. I thought we had plenty of opportunities to put our foot on their necks, you know, put the team, get up by a couple scores, get comfortable. And I think when we do that, that's when we're at our best because you're not putting as much pressure on Darnold to try to press and make plays when I think that's when you tend to make mistakes. And also, I think your defense, that's when they can pin their ears back and get after the quarterback. So those are a couple of um, areas on game management that I wasn't a fan of. As far as, you know, some positives, I thought Chuba Hubbard in the running game got going today. I mean, I really like what I've seen from him as he's starting to get more reps and more involved in the offense. I thought Dante Jackson was phenomenal today. I mean, back-to-back -back, uh, takeaways, the pick. He got on the sideline was textbook coverage. I mean, he's covering that vertical route over top, flips his hips, you know, like a free safety or wide receiver, makes that interception on the sideline, gets the toe drag swag in there to get the interception on that play. Uh, and then on Devontae Smith, he did the peanut punch, forced the fumble, got the takeaway there as well. So I thought he was phenomenal today. I mean, he's just getting better and better every week. I thought Hassan Reddick, you know, showed up again, ended our sack slump. And so he played well. I thought Derek Brown made a few good plays. Just an overall great performance from the defense. I thought they played fast. They were aggressive, controlled the game for the most part. It's just a shame that we have to waste uh, such a good performance like that. 
Um, you have any other uh, observations about the defense today, Kev? Yeah, I, I just think that, you know, by the being on the field so much, they eventually caught up because the tackling in the fourth quarter really started to look poor. You know, they, they, those, you know, we pretty much contained their running game for three quarters and all of a sudden, you know, we just allowed them to just, you know, get, you know, get big yards to really just, you know, close us out. You know, now when you look at it, it was only, they only had 91 yards, but when you look at, you know, when, you know, and how they got them yards, you know, you just look at, you know, how they close out the game. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, with us, it was just, <laughs> I mean, let me let me pull it up here. Um, Miles Sanders, seven yards. Miles Sanders, 18 yards. Um, you know, Gainwell, 12 yards. You know, and by then, you know, they, they don't force us to burn our timeouts. You know, now, now prior to that, you know, we had held them under, you know, six yards. You know, we was back on our, you know, normal strong run defense. But I, I think this right here, when you need to muster up the strength, um, I just think that we really just, you know, really just didn't have it. And I and I, and I really think that um, despite dominating the time of possession, we had the ball for 35 minutes. They held it for 25, but uh, they had it when it counted the most and they was able to squeeze it out. So, um, you know, for me, this is just real, real bitter. This this is giving me the taste from that 2017 loss to the Bears. This is how I feel. You know, a team we went in thinking that we should actually, you know, win and definitely, um, you know, dominate and and come out strong. And we just, you know, saying so we shit at the bed. You know, we just shit at the bed. That's there's no other way. Um, there's no other way around it. And you look at the Eagles' last possession. It's like they were trying to hand us the game. I mean, Miles Sanders ran out of bounds, like, on back-to-back -back plays. So the coaches finally benched him and said, you know, for making those bonehead mistakes. But then they let Gainwell come in and gain 14 yards. So I think when the defense at that point, I mean, as hard as they were playing, I just think they got to the point where they were tired and it was just couldn't put up much of a resistance to get, to get us one more possession. But then again, you know, if we had that extra possession, I mean, we saw what our two-minute drill looked like the possession before we barely moved the ball, had penalties. I mean, it was just, you know, just reminiscent of last year. I mean, we, you know, had the same issues with execution during two minute drill and crucial game situations last year. And it looks like it's carried over into this year as well. I mean, you started off the drive in the hole with the holding penalty. So we're second and 18 or third and 18. I mean, luckily we make a Darnold completes a pass to Robbie, but then next Moten, I think, or some or Miller gets a holding penalty, so we're first and twenty, and then I think that's when Darnold ended up throwing his third interception of the game on that first down play. So just poor execution, penalties, bonehead mistakes. What is uh, what's the sign say? DBO. Um, you know, it's just hadn't been. It's been beating ourselves for the most part throughout that game. Yeah, I mean, we look at the penalties here. I mean, we nine penalties for sixty nine yards. So when you got nine penalties and three turnovers, you're, you know, you're setting yourself up for, you know, to lose because, again, looking at time of possession, it was almost two to one. Um, like I said, 35 to 24. Um, you know, 35 to 25. Uh, but, um, you know, we we uh, we outrushed them. Um, you know, now, oddly enough, you know, coming in Hurts wasn't acting known as a, 
accurate passer. You know, he didn't have a touchdown pass. He he threw a pick himself, but he he made the big connections when he had to. And I I just think that I don't want to say we overlooked the uh, look the Eagles. I don't I don't feel like we did, especially coming off a loss to Dallas. I felt like we was you know come out guns blazing. But you know we are we're we are our own biggest enemy right now. Um, you know, we look at our last two losses. Um, you know, we look at the things that were self-inflicted by us versus what the other team forced us to do. You know, it, it's, it's easily um, you can you can see why maybe like what maybe five plays in the last two games we possibly could be five and zero right now. So we are our own biggest we are our own biggest enemy. You know, in spite of all the issues with the offensive line and. Uh, you know, inability to connect deep downfield on a consistent basis. Um, you know, still not getting a tight end involved in the game consistently. I mean, uh, you know, I know we're just fans. We're just speculating and thinking what should be done, but it just some some stuff just seems too obvious, and we just we're just not um, we're just not you know converting and, and taking advantage of it. Well, let's build on that a little bit because I told y'all I told uh, y'all in the chat that I wasn't going to hold back on this show. So let's get into that a little bit more. You look at these last two weeks, the, the crucial plays that are changing the game are the turnovers, right? You got two bad interceptions last week against Dallas, and we come back this week and we have three interceptions. That's five interceptions in two games now. Now I get it. You know, the offensive line has not been great, but you're looking at these missed throws, these off-target passes, these interceptions. You know, these are from clean pockets. No, he's not under pressure every single play. If you look at our pressure rate for Darnold in comparison to the league, I mean, he's like 10th. So there's quarterbacks in this league that are under pressure on a larger percentage of their dropbacks than Sam. So I think what separates great quarterbacks from everybody else is how they react under pressure, how they maneuver the pocket, how they can stay composed, go through their progressions, make the right throws, you know, throw with timing and anticipation. And I think these are all things that he's just not strong at. And I, mean, I think that's becoming a problem. So I think there's so much blame on everybody else. Joe Brady, the offensive line. I know Robbie Anderson's been a scapegoat now. What is this? You know, let's think, let's, let's rewind a little bit. When we took Sam Darnold from the Jets, what was the narrative? It was Adam Gaze's fault. He didn't have weapons. He didn't have an offensive line. The Jets are toxic. All these things, you know, we're making excuses for why Darnold was bad in New York. He comes here. We say we're going to give him a better situation here. You know, he plays three decent games against, you know, subpar uh, competition. And we're like, okay, see, he's rejuvenated. But now he's starting to revert back to his old habits, you know, even with protect, even in clean pockets. He's reverting back to his old habits. You know, he's very slow processing. He holds the ball too long. I think it's time we have to stop coddling Sam Darnold and just call it for what it is. You know, we're trying, you know, we went from blaming Adam Gaze, the Jets weapons, and the Jets offensive line organization. And now we're making Joe Brady the offensive line. And now y'all, I mean, I guess Robbie Anderson's the new scapegoat now as to why Sam Darnold isn't playing that well. Why can't, you know, we have to start telling the truth about who Sam Darnold is. Maybe this is, you know, this is a part of who he's been since at USC, is throwing these turnovers, making these mistakes. You know, what, what, you know, what has he done? What has he accomplished to deserve this coddling that we're doing? We keep coddling this guy like he's won Super Bowls for us. You know, he's in his fourth, fifth game with us, five turnovers in two games. You know, he has to play better. 
bottom line. You know, he has to process faster. He has to get out of the ball out of his hands faster. You know, he needs to get Robbie involved, Terrace Marshall involved. I mean, back-to-back -back throws. I think it was in the second quarter. Robbie Anderson beats his guy deep, wide open. Ball needs to be laid out there so Robbie can run underneath it. Last week, he overthrew Robbie. This week, he underthrows him. And you see Robbie at the end of the game just blowing off because he just can't get involved in the game. They can't get the ball to him. And then the very next play right after that, Terrace Marshall is wide open on the in the uh, hole of the cover, too. And Darnold overthrows him from a clean pocket. So I think right now it's just time, you know, it's time to hold Sam Darnold accountable for some of his failures instead of always trying to find other people to blame. Because I feel like right now we're trending towards the same thing with the Jets where the new scapegoat replacing Adam Gaze is Joe Brady, Matt Rule, and the Panthers coaching staff. So uh, we just had uh, J.D. join us. You know, what's your overall thoughts on the game? Bruh. I uh, this one was tough for me because this was my first game back like in person since like 2014. So to think of one singular thing, well, one thing that made me that pissed me off more than anything else is how often are we gonna come out into uh or put ourselves in situations that are not our strong suit, like. I don't understand how we could get to uh, a third and short, fourth and short. And I guarantee you, if you charted every formation or every personnel grouping we've ever done in third down and short, fourth down and short, the fewest converted from a, a four, uh, the formation fewest converted from will probably be 13. And we come out in 13 personnel. And I don't, I don't have a huge problem with that. But I have a, a problem with it because we were running the zone off tackle all that drive and nobody stopped it. The drive previous to that, all off tackle zone plays, no way they, they they never stopped it more than for more than three yards a carry. We was getting three, four yards a carry. So I'm like, dude, you gonna you gonna not do what works to be cute. I don't I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. I just don't get it. Yeah, I think the, um, I can't. I can't even blame. Brown. I can't even. I can't even blame. Let me. Let me go ahead and say this. I don't. I can't even blame Joe Brady totally for that. But like, come on, dog. Go ahead. Yeah, for me, I mean, to back you up, JD. You know, and like I said, it was good to good good to meet you and the fam at the game. Um. Had a great time, you know, politicking with you uh, pregame. But, um, you know, again, <laughs> the irony, the Eagles have been putrid running, yet they're cavorting on the run on fourth downs, third and fourth downs. You know, while we keep, we, we continuously, you know, fail to convert. <laughs> I mean, like, 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 like I've been saying for weeks now, when we're in third and one or going foot on fourth, and like I, said, I see that heavy personnel package coming out, uh, I, I'm already expecting us to either plant if it's third down or turn the ball over on fourth down. Um, you know, I'm almost to the point, look, come out heavy and just play action pass or something. You know, because obviously we're, we're not built to run and get one yard when we need it. We're not. 
And that's disappointing when you think you're in the NFL and you can't get one yard when you need it the most. <laughs> you know, what if our playoff berth is on the line? You know, we're on the one-yard line, five seconds left in the fourth quarter, down by four, and we need a yard. How confident are you? And I hate to say it, <laughs> I'm not confident at all. But, you know, I, you know, I, and it's, it's fucking depressing, man. It, it truly is. Uh, you know, for something, for something as a franchise, we primarily have that tough running ability to get that yard. Now we can't. We can't get it. We can't get a yard. One yard. Imagine being an offensive coordinator, knowing in the back of your head that on third and one and fourth and one, you can't just run a simple halfback lead or something to get a yard. Because you got a scheme around an offensive line that just can't move people. So, I mean, I know, you know, people are frustrated. And, I mean, Joe Brady's the top guy to offense. So I understand, you know, being accountable, it falls on him. But look at me. I mean, just think about in his shoes. You have to scheme. You have to run these cute little trick plays just to get a yard because your offensive line can't move guys off the ball consistently. I mean, that's the kind of things that kind of tie his hands. With you know being able to efficiently run his offense, <laughs> I think we look at that. Was it a third or fourth and one at the end of the game that Royce Freeman got stuff? Who was it? Colin Thompson, I think, missed the uh, block on that play. I haven't even went back and seen it. I, I was just too busy, you know, pissed. I, <laughs> um, yeah, that's what I, it looked like. That's what it looked like. Right. I have to go back and watch it, though. Yeah, but, I mean, it's – um, I think with Joe Brady, it's two things um, that's challenging with him. One, I just think it's the lack of talent at the offensive line and a uh, quarterback. I mean, I'll say that as well. I mean, think about the great offensive minds from Bill Walsh had Joe Montana, Don Shula had Dan Marino, you know what I mean? Kyle Shanahan and McVay, look what they did at quarterback. You know, Shanahan finally upgraded to Trey Lance. McVay finally went out and got Matthew Stafford. So, I mean, every offensive mind is only as good as its players when you really think about it. So when you have guys like Jared Goff, like who did Shanahan have, Jimmy G, and Brady with Darnold, it's more putting the guy on training wheels and trying to manage him, scheme guys open, make the read simple, control him so he's not going to go – be erratic and turn the ball over and lose the game for you. And when he has that, his hands are tied. So I think just the um, issues at quarterback and offensive line are kind of holding Joe Brady back from being, you know, as, having that explosive offense that we saw him run at LSU. You know, you can't fix everybody. I mean, players got to execute the plays that are called. I mean, if a receiver is running wide open and pass protection breaks down and we give up a sack, is that Joe Brady's fault? You know, if Robbie Anderson beats his guy one-on-one, -on -one, we get the matchup we want, he's wide open downfield and the ball's overthrown, is that Joe Brady's fault? You know, we can't move guys off the ball to convert fourth and one. I mean, we're going to blame Joe Brady for things like that. So I think it's more so execution errors why you're not seeing um, Joe Brady live up to the hype that he gets as a – one of the better offensive minds in the league right now. Kev, I know you saw a lot of those stunts. What are we struggling with with these stunts teams run? It seems like every week it's a new stunt getting through to Sam Darnold. Um, for me, yeah, I was 
you know, paying attention to that. It's it's not no new stunt. It's it's the same old tackle de- tackle in loop stunt that I'm seeing. Uh, I saw a couple where the D tackles, you know, looped around each other. But again, this this is all about the five guys, you know, being in you know being in cohesion here. Um, and let's just call it what it was. You know, we was dealing with two beasts up in the middle, Fletcher Cox and um, um, Hargrove, Hargraves uh, um, here. I mean, you know, Fle- Fletcher Cox did to Dennis Daly what he did to Trey, um, Trey Turner back in 2017 when he came out here. I mean, had him on skates. I feel like I was watching Ice Capades in October. I mean, just literally just with with very little resistance. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really not no new stunts or twists that were just being done. We're just still, uh, we're just still not, not executing our players just, and you know, I'm seeing comments about the offensive line coach. Um, let me stop right there. What, what can another offensive line coach come in and tell these players during the week that's going to make them execute it on Sunday? You know, that, that's what kind of rubs me somewhat kind of about. You know, when people want to question, you know, our fans, you know, want to question, you know, coach. Now, don't get me wrong, coaching is like, but as someone that's coached the offensive line, someone that's played the offensive line, they, they're not being coached this during the week to play like they're playing on Sunday. Um, now, don't get me wrong, like I said, there was times that there was clean pocket and then we had some misses, but um, on the obvious stuff, you know, we, we just don't have the type of talent that can really – unleash the the potential of this offense. You know, with the right offensive line, this could be a top five offense with the weapons we got everyone healthy. But with this line that we have, like I said, we're, you know, we I only know how many points we scored in the third quarter all year. Like, what, maybe, what, seven? I mean, then when we look at second halves all together, um, you know, we're pretty much a, a first-half team, and then we just pray and hold on in the second half. And I don't like that feeling. I really don't. And the question would come, I mean, what it seems like with the third quarter, I, mean, I don't think there's anything magical about the quarter. It just seems like it's the same thing every week. I mean, quarterbacks under pressure, turning the ball over. But I, and the thing is, though, the defense played great in the third quarter, I thought, for the most part. And I think that's when Dante was um, forced two turnovers on back-to-back possessions. So it's really just um, offensive execution, I think, that's been our problem Achilles Hill in the third quarter throughout the year. But if you think about it, I mean, was the first and second quarter on offense today really that much uh, better? I thought we completely dominated the uh, first half for the most part. We went into halftime with a 15-6 to six lead, you know, a single-digit lead. So the scoreboard didn't really reflect how dominant we were. We were moving the ball and how good we were on defense. So you know, it's just something to think. I think if we come out like this against Minnesota, it's going to be another long day. Unless we get some of these things fixed. So, uh, JD, what were your thoughts on the um, defense today, particularly the secondary? Like Dante Jackson, I thought played a good game. Uh, AJ Boye starting to come along. I saw a lot of Dante. Um, two back to back forced turnovers, the forced fumble, and then the interception. Um, I think he had a great day. If you, if if I remember correctly, I think Keith Taylor Jr. played a lot. Um, AJ Bouye was in this, um, at nickel a lot. Um, Sean Chandler, um, 
Sam Franklin. I was um I was more impre- most impressed with Dante. I think Dante has kind of proven himself to be um the guy who can make a play regardless of the situation, whether he's coming up and hitting and making a, a key tackle in the flat, forcing a turnover. Um I'm not sure. I'm not sure. You can tell um that there is not a, a, a guy that they're a hundred percent confident in um to man up with the other receiver on the other side of Dante just yet because you can see a little bit of um a little bit more zone than what we've seen in games where we had uh our cornerback room healthy with JC. So hopefully Stefan Gilmore coming along would, would help change that. Um I think I think our our safeties um I think they're playing average. I I haven't seen anything um, coverage-wise that's impeccable. I don't think Sam Franklin, um, that long catch was his fault. I think that might have been like cover three or something, seeing it from the stands. but um, And it was just a good play call. But I'm not sure. um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure Chin is a safety. I think think he's best up, up. playing linebacker and attacking the ball. So hopefully we can get that figured out sooner or later or he hits his stride. But I'm not I'm not thinking I don't think he's a, a free safety. Not full time at least. Yeah. I disagree a little bit there. I mean I could see your points. I mean, you know, we're talking about basically we had them all last year playing mostly linebacker, some safety. Now this year it's the opposite. Uh you know that's just something he's I just think he has to grow into it. And personally, I've seen him get, you know, better and better at it. But that's just me. You know, I'm a, I'm a line guy speaking on secondary, so I may be out of turn. But, you know, just whenever, uh, you know, rarely have I seen, you know, Chin out of place or, you know, blowing something consistently, um, you know, here. Now, you know, supposedly he's supposed to be an interchangeable safety, you know, being able to play the strong or the free. Uh, naturally, you would think strong safety probably would be suit him best. You know, we could play, um, you know, play in the box. But um, I've seen him make plays, you know, downfield and get some deflections too. So I just think that, you know, we just got to be patient, let him grow more um, into that role. Like I said, it's just really his, you know, fifth game um, into it. But that's just my that's my that's my personal thing about Chin at safety. Um, I like him back there, and I, I just want to see him continue to grow and get coached up back there. Seemed like today it was uh, they did a three package with uh, Sean Chandler and Sam Franklin, either playing at a two deep safety or a single high that would move Franklin back there. And Chen was playing a lot of his reps in the box. I'd be curious to see if we look at snap by snap, you know, if he's really even playing uh, free safety that much this year. It seemed like to me they had either Franklin or Chandler primarily playing a, a post safety position. I think on that um, deep ball to Quez Watkins, I mean, look, anytime you get a say any safety, Sam Franklin or anybody else, one-on-one with Quez Watkins like that, that's a mismatch. Yeah. And any yes, quarterback can attack that. I mean, it's, Yeah, that can't <laughs> be his fault. That's not his yeah. fault. Yeah, so, I mean, I mean, he got – it looked like Quez Watkins was in the slot. It might have been a cover of three. They caught a good matchup. I think Quez was able to turn him on a route, which a receiver is supposed to do to a safety. And it was just easy. Easy money once he was able to get that matchup he wanted once Hurt stepped into that throw. But that was a big play as well. I mean, that was um, but it shouldn't have come down to that. I mean, which game should have been long out of reach before um Philly made that play. 
Yeah, like I said, we left three touchdowns out there. Um, you know, the one to Robbie, um, the the touchdown we should have gotten in the zone off the bat snap that ended up being a safety. Um, you know, that's two, and oh, it yeah. was um, and then the one to um, Terrence Marshall. You know, but in the words of our former coach, missed opportunities. Yeah, what happened on that? Um... Must snap because it looked like Jalen Hurts tried to pick it up like a loaf of bread, and then nobody was in the area to try to jump hop on the fumble. And I guess it just ended up rolling out of bounds for a safety. I mean, that would have been a game changing play right there. <laughs> yeah, like I said, it just made me feel like that was something we hadn't practiced. <laughs> you know, situational football right there. Yeah, what do you think of Moten at left tackle and Christensen at right tackle? Uh, or how much of that were you able to see today? Oh, I spent attention to that exclusively. Um, you know, I went smooth. Let them play their natural positions. Uh, you know, like, you know, again, when it comes to offense line, your your starters should be I, – I get the – I understand the need for position flexibility because of injuries. You can't keep so many players, you know, active come game day, but – I rather my depth be position flexible more so than my uh, than my starters. Um, let you know if we're gonna you know depending on how long Cam Irvin is out, um, let Brady go ahead and get his lumps at left. At least he'll be you know more comfortable because I kept seeing both of them get put on skates you know moving backwards multiple times. You know, on that first Brady interception, you know both of them about met. I mean, I mean not Brady, um, Donald interception. Both of them um, met about met him back with a batch to him as he threw the ball. So, uh, you know, Moten has played right tackle, right side of the ball his whole college life. And primarily since he's been here, let him stay on the right side. Like, let these players be at their natural comfort. Uh, and that's 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 what I feel. So I'm I'm not a fan of leaving it uh, as it is, you know, Christensen at right and uh, Moten at left. No, let them let them go back to what's natural for them. How come our QB can't identify mismatches on routes? That's interesting you bring that up because I think on the first interception, you had uh, Robbie Anderson in the slot, or it was still Terrace Marshall or Robbie Anderson running a speed out. In the from the slot position, and you had I think it was DJ running a vertical in the cover two, and uh, Slay, you know, as a flat corner was like ten to fifteen yard playing at ten to fifteen yards. And I guess Darnold tried to squeeze it in between the corner and the safety, and Slay was able to go up and snatch the interception. When you probably had a good, pretty good mismatch on the speed out, I think it was what first down and second down, so we didn't really need to get all the chunk yardage right there. So I just again, I just you know. I didn't think the protection broke down on that play either. It's just, you know, he's got to make better decisions in the pocket. You know, it's just no other way to sugarcoat it. Holding again, number 65. Yeah, we did seem to have a lot of holding uh, penalties today. Um, I don't I have to watch the film to see how Daly played. I know he had two back-to-back -back good games in a row. The problem today is with the Eagles' defensive tackles. It looked like the times we chose to double Fletcher Cox. Hargrave got one-on-ones, and he was able to win those, which, I mean, your guard's going to lose some of those, regardless of who it is. 
And then when they went to or in Paris with Slide to help out daily on Hargrove or Hargrave, Fletcher Cox was able to defeat John Miller one on one. And again, I mean, not I mean not John Miller's you know serviceable, but one on one versus Fletcher Cox, even a Pro Bowlers like Trey Turner will struggle with that matchup in his prime. So, I mean, I can't really knock guards for you know losing a rep here, losing a rep there when they end up in those one on one situations with got defensive tackles of this caliber. What'd you think of that uh, fake field goal punt, uh, JD? <laughs> bruh, that thing, bruh. I I was blown because I saw the direct snap go to go to the kicker. I was like, oh snap, they're gonna throw it, or it's a trick play. This man punted the ball. I was like, okay, why not just let your punter punt the ball, bruh? Why not? What was the purpose? What was the purpose of your your kicker punting the ball, bruh? I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah, it was probably what two special teams. We had the um, that was a questionable special teams play, and then the uh, block punt at the end. They ran some kind of stunt that caught our a uh, protection off guard. You know, able to block the punt at the end. I mean, that was pretty much the nail in the coffin at that point, giving Philly the ball at what their own at our twenty yard line yeah. was it? Yeah, <laughs> boy, blown. Oh, he did. Yeah, I saw um, I saw one of Brett's videos, I think the other day where he talked about he did kind of a breakdown of our the personnel packages we were running against Dallas and how effective they were. And I, I agree with it. He um, we were playing a lot of nickel against their two tight end sets and we just weren't able to adjust to that. I mean, it'll be interesting to see today because I thought I don't know if we were effective against the run. I just thought Philly on there. I just thought there was a bad decision on their part not to commit to the run, especially early in the game. I think when they started to get the read option involved, Hurts running the ball, got Sanders going in the second half, their offense was much more effective. So it'll, I'll, I'll see if there were any adjustments made in the run defense this week. No returner. What do you think of Alex Erickson, J.D.? Uh, if you took if you took Farrell Cooper and made him a white man, you have Alex Erickson. I mean, that's not necessarily right. That's why I was about to say it's not necessarily a bad thing because if your if your kick returner is sure handed, then that's a plus. But uh as far as doing anything with the kicking, nah, man. We ain't we ain't getting no extra yards and nothing like that off the kick return. Just don't fumble my ball. That's all I care about. <laughs> what happened on the it ran kind of a stunt on the um on our punt protection. I can't I don't remember exactly who missed the assignment, but I think it comes down to um what their assignments were. They kind of had more guys rushing than we had blockers. I have to kind of see it on the um all 22 to see how they executed it. But it was a nice little stunt they caught us off guard with. We weren't able to get everybody blocked, and the guy just came in clean, made the play. Now, what I like about the block was that he was able to just get his hand out to avoid roughing the punter in case he missed it. I mean, sometimes you just got to give your opponent credit for making a good play. I think they just had a good uh, punt block design play on that uh, particular play right there. But once they got the ball, would you go ahead? Not go ahead for the plow. I was going to talk about something else, but go ahead. Yeah, I guess when they got the ball back, 
it looks like they got the read option game uh, going. How do you what do you think went wrong on that last uh, couple of defensive drives? Okay, yeah, that's kind of what I was leaning to. So, um, you know, I'm looking at the Eagles rushing in the um, particularly in the fourth quarter. Um, here, that that seems to be when they implemented um, their read option more. And here's the results. Um, uh, Miles Sanders uh, got it for four yards. Jalen Hurts kept it uh, for 14 yards. Uh, Miles Sanders, three yards. Jalen Hurts, six yards. Um, let's see. Okay, then um, they was incomplete uh, for fourth down. That was just on one drive, their first drive in the fourth quarter. Then after the uh, block punt, I mean, it was just pretty much cookies after that for them. Um, you know, that was just, uh, you know, uh, you know, Hurts rushing for six yards. And then I went over the plays earlier, how they ended the game, seven yards, uh, 18 yards, uh, 12 yards, all of those off a of read option runs. So, you know, the, you know, Hertz didn't keep it the first three quarters. I didn't know if y'all was paying attention that he was mostly handing off when we was feeding on it. And I think maybe coincidentally, that was maybe the setup. The setup, because, yeah. Because they went exclusively with keeping – Keeping it because it was a couple times I'm thinking, oh, man, Hurt, if Hurts would have kept it, he would have been off yeah. to the race, but he didn't. So I'm thinking that possibly they rope a dope. That's like, okay, we got them thinking this whole game that you're going to hand it off. Now I want you to keep it some when it's there. And <laughs> sure enough, he did. So, um, you know, Hurts kept it four times in the uh, in the fourth quarter and, you know, and did all his, and did all of his damage, you know, with his uh, pretty much with his um, with his rushing yards here because overall, uh, he had uh, 30 yards. I know they don't sound like much, but those 30 yards rushing, those were in the fourth quarter. Three of those, two, two, one was a touchdown, and two were huge first downs. First that down. just, that just, that's killed us. So when you look at, oh, we held Jalen Hurts for 30 yards. Nah, when them 30 yards came, you know. Um. Yeah, what they were doing in the first half is RPO. So Hurts has the option of either handing it off. Or passing. When you have a running QB, I know North Turner used to do this because Cam Newton could run too. You have a third option. You can hand the ball off, pass it, or do a quarterback keeper. So I think it was, they might um, add that little wrinkle to their RPO packages as well. As good as Hassan Reddick played, though, I think they got smart and started to use his aggressiveness against them because on one play, I mean, Jalen Hurts just pulled the ball of the running back's guts. I mean, Hassan Reddick had fully committed to the halfback dive. So Halen Jalen Hurts was able to pull it out the running back's gut, fake out Reddick, and he was down on the sideline. I think on the touchdown, one of the touchdowns, Jalen Hurts, he had two rushing TDs, right? On one of them, he um, it looked like Jeremy Chin um, had responsibility for the quarterback. It was hard yeah. to tell because we had four guys out there, and all four of them bit on the dive, and Jalen Hurts ended up keeping it. Running it in, and of course, I mean, I know y'all saw him do the uh, Cam Newton Superman dance in the end zone. What was the yeah, crowd reaction that. to that? <laughs> they weren't pleased. We weren't pleased. <laughs> we weren't pleased, bro. First, I thought it was funny because yeah, I, 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 I like I, I liked it from the respect standpoint. I was like, okay, yeah, because he said he was a Cam fan, right. so to come back to Cam's old home and. Um, try, like I say, 
the, the petty side of me kind of get why he did it. <laughs> so, um, you know, I thought it was funny myself. I ain't gonna lie to you. One of one of those one of those key first downs, Chin Chin was um, responsibility was to to um, to to fit that um, in case the quarterback keeps it. I think that a part of that was him going from safety to to in the box as linebacker because the safety you can't attack everything you see. So I think I think he 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 hung he hung back some and didn't come up to and fit that that um, seal the edge off. So. I think that kind of hurt him, and then Jalen was able to take uh, a good a, a good little uh, angle to where he couldn't get him. So I think that's part of the reason why I said I think Chen might be um, better suited to play more linebacker than safety. But now we did get the ball back. I mean, let's see. We had so Jalen Hurts scores. We get the ball back. Two minutes, 38 seconds. I believe we had all of our timeouts plus the two-minute warning, right? So you look at what we come out and do. I mean, we have an incomplete pass to Tommy Tremble. I think he dropped that one. That was off his hands. He had uh, Darnold misfired on Ian Thomas completely. I don't know if that was a miscommunication or what. That was huge. Yeah, because he was open, too. Yeah, he was wide open. <laughs> and it looked like just a misfire, but maybe it was a miscommunication. I don't know. Um, Taylor Moten had a false start penalty. And for those – when you – and I think with Moten, he's really the more, one of the least penalized players on our team. But that's one of the things, probably moving the left tackle, maybe he was kind of more nervous about the speed rush and wanted to get more of a jump because it's a different pass sets from the left side versus the rest, right side. So that may have contributed to his uh, two false start penalties today. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, third and 15. Okay, Darnold finds Robbie Anderson. You know, they were playing a soft zone. Robbie was able to find that spot where they were able to connect there. But then what happens again? You know, we have an offensive holding on John Miller. So now we're first and 20. So, I mean, they're already against the sticks again. So you look at this two-minute drill, game-winning drive, execution. We already have two penalties for uh, 15 yards. We have a drop pass to Tommy Trimble. And we have a complete off-target throw to Ian Thomas. I mean, this is kind of reminiscent of last year with poor execution on game-winning drives. And then on the first and 20 play, okay, I mean, we're, we're not in bad shape. It's first and 20. We're on our 35, right? We have um, three timeouts. We have a two-minute warning. You know, just slowly move the ball down the field. All we need is three points. So I think what Joe Brady had designed there was he had a slot receiver going vertical on a nine route and kind of a high-low action with um, Robbie Anderson running a 10-yard out and Truba Hubbard running a flat. And if you look at the um, replay of that, you'll see Truba Hubbard was open in the flat. All Darnold had to do was dump it off, let Truba turn up field, maybe get six, seven yards, and it's second and 13, which, I mean, we're still in good shape considering it's four-down territory. But I think he threw a late ball to Robbie. And when you're throwing those outs, you know, speed outs, deep outs, the worst thing you can do is throw the ball late. You know, when the ball's late, you're giving the cornerback an opportunity to jump the route and get the interception. And I just think that's what happened. You know, the ball was late behind Robbie, the corner. I mean, in his post-game interview, he said they had run that play a couple of times, so we would be able to sense it and jump it. And he just made a play on it, and I think it was uh, Steven Nelson, and he made the game-winning um, interception. So, you know, I just think these um, – 
remember what I think what it was that Teddy said that we don't need to practice more red zone in two minutes. You know, as you kind of seeing that lingering over from last year. <laughs> um, for me, I just feel like situational football. We're still um, we're still having an issue with. You know, everybody. You know, when I say everybody, a lot of fans got in their way. Felt some kind of way when when Teddy said that on that podcast, or that you know that these were things that we didn't practice as much. But now, when they come to light without them being here, it is very similar, you know, type scenarios where we're we're not executing, you know, we're not executing on two minutes, we're not executing on short yardage, uh, you know, we're not executing, you know, the opportunity to you know say fall on a ball that's rolling around in the end zone. I'm, I know that may seem like. Why how often does it happen? Well, it can happen. So you gotta, you know, you gotta be prepared. Um, cause you know, it hit like three Panthers hands before it rolled out. Um, you know, you're talking about a difference of, you know, four points right there, and we lost by three. So, you know, choose one. Um it, we we just I wanna say that, you know, this is still year two. I know that getting off the three and oh got us to really you know, get our expectations up. But now we're starting to get, you know, humbled and now we're sitting at three and two. Not out of it, but not, you know, filling ourselves as much as we, um, not as much as we was because, you know, everybody was talking about, oh, our next five opponents, one and three. We're, we're 0 and 1 against one and three teams. <laughs> you know, and I, I don't know what was the result of the um, Vikings game today, but, you know, they're next. And they beat Detroit. Okay, so they did put out and they they did beat Detroit. Okay, without Dalvin Cook, so he might be back next week. Yeah, because I know he was um, questionable because you know I had to take him out of my yeah. fantasy team, but <laughs> you know, but um, uh, and as much as I want McCaffrey back, and I know he'll make a difference on some plays, but you know, is 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 he really truly the link? I know everybody like you can't build your offense around a running back. Well. We three and zero with them, and two and zero without them. Right. You know, take it for what it's worth. You know, we paying them all that money, and da, 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 da. say what you want, but it's it's obviously a correlation. You know that that safety net, and don't get me wrong, Chuba Hubble, he was doing his best. Let's see how many receptions that he have today. Um, he was targeted six times. He got the ball five yards. I mean, five times for thirty three yards. Uh, you know, we used to send McCaffrey five catches for like sixty three yards or something. You know, just that ability to get get out the break of them tackles because he like you know Chubble went down with the first hit after reception. Now he ran tough today. Now I I I got him in that. He he definitely ran tough uh, running the ball. But as far as catching, you know, he was a uh, you know I just didn't see that ability to shake loose that you know we usually get out of you know get out of a uh, get out of a McCaffrey. Yeah, I man, I thought he ran the ball well today. But where you're missing McCaffrey the most is in the pass game. I think, but, you know, I mean, it's hard to, I mean, Philadelphia was missing with Lane Johnson. They were missing um, <laughs> other guards out for the season, I think. So, I mean, it's like, you know, we just got to find ways to win games with, you know, with that next man up mentality because guys are going to be coming and going all throughout the season. But I think it's definitely, I think it's Christian McCaffrey's offense. You just I alone just look at the way Darnold's performance has fallen off the last two weeks without him compared to the first two games uh, with McCaffrey. 
Now, I know, were you guys able to see Robbie Anderson uh, visibly frustrated on the sideline at the game? Or were you able to catch that uh, clip on the TV? I was too busy being visibly frustrated from my seat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, 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 I seen it on Twitter, though. I, I, I kind of want to see um, what the story is behind it. Yeah, after the last interception, you just saw Robbie Anderson on the sideline visibly frustrated with the wide receivers coach. Now, I mean, I don't know. We're just speculating. We don't know what the nature of that argument was. But you just kind of look at throughout the game, the last two weeks. I mean, he's been missed on, you know, open routes deep, I think, on the final drive. It said he had a drop. A ball hit him on the hands, but it wasn't an easy catch by any means. The ball was off. could have been thrown better, but he tried to lay out, catch it. So, I mean, the ball hit him in his hands as a catch he normally makes, but still not a well-placed ball there. And then I think on that last throw, you know, he was covered. And I think the Darnold probably Schreiber threw the check down. So it's like Robbie's getting targeted when he's not open. And you just kind of look at, you know, his targets and catches. His catch percentage, I think, is in like 40% or something. And it was similar to that today. I mean, he was targeted uh, seven times and only connected on two of those. So – just having a really hard time, you know, getting Robbie involved consistently in this offense. And I think without him, I mean, I don't see us being able to be that explosive offense, you know, that we're trying to be. You noticed anything about, you know, Robbie's involvement or why we're not able to get him involved the way he was last year? Honestly, I haven't been at the game and now and seeing like being able to see all the routes being run. I can't I don't have an answer for that because I normally well before this game before I was able to put my eyes on every um every player normally I watch all 22 is just um Darnold I, I would say he was running the deeper concepts but I saw a little bit of everything today and I, I still didn't I still didn't see um see him being targeted and there was times where he was open for sure and he, Donald not even look at him or over or under throw him. So I think I think it's one of those things where the streak might be ugly now, but like once you start hitting a couple here or hit a ball there, hit a ball here, then um it's it's something that'll absolve itself. I think Sam Donald was trying to press and solve it himself. And I think that's why you see him trying to find him regardless of the coverage. So I mean I think I think it's one of those things where we have too many talented guys at wide receiver to worry about getting a guy their their touches. Because if one guy is getting touches, then eyes are they going to shift coverage or focus on that one guy, and then from there, other guys will eat. So I think it's something that Darnold needs to improve at is just sharing the sugar and just um, dealing the ball to who's over. Yeah, I agree because I got a good look. I wanted to pay attention as well, particularly when the, um, you know, with the section I'm sitting in, you know, when the ball, when they're when they're throwing the ball towards my way, I was looking a lot um, at it, and I could count four times. Robbie was wide open. So when people want to say trade Robbie, he not producing, or he didn't got paid, he got lazy. Nah, that's bull. He's he's open. I see him open more now than he was particularly last year. And, you know, he just he being missed. Now, we don't know what the progression is, so it's easy for us to look at, oh, oh, he's open. But, again, we don't know as fans who is the progression, you know, to be looked at when you're saying, you know, saying things like Sam didn't even look his way. 
So depending on how they would coach up during the week, you know, we can only speculate what we think. We think open, okay, that's the guy you're supposed to throw it to. That's not always the case. So, um, you know, that's that's just one of the uh, uh, that's just one of the mysteries, you know, for me as far as uh, with the um, you know with the whole thing about uh, about Robbie. But uh, Robbie's getting open, folks. This it's not a Robbie issue. In respect to this comment, um, teams aren't giving away a good offensive lineman. I think Scott Fitter even said he was trying to trade for other teams' backups. But as you see, I mean, they can go down in a hurry. I mean, we got, what, uh, two starters out, two day one starters out already. So, you know, I think we're just going to have to, at least for this season, we just have to accept that the guys we have on the roster are probably the guys we're going to have to ride with until – we can start addressing the position in the offseason. Darnold subtracted 10 points. Dallas scored on interceptions. We win by two. That's true. I mean, if you subtract the three points that we gave Philadelphia off the interception and in our own 10-yard line, it's a tied game as well. So, I mean, looking at the last two weeks, I mean, that's, what, 13 points off turnovers that ultimately decided the game. So, definitely have to do a better job of taking care of the football, whether he's under pressure or not. And I'm not trying to, you know, be negative and get on Darnold today. I just think, you know, it's there's a lot of things wrong with our offense besides Darnold. You know, I'm not one – I'm not a guy that's going to point to one person or one position group and say, you know, they're the reason we lost. They're the reason we did this, this, or that. But I just think, you know, collectively, you know, we have to protect better. Yes. You know, can receivers do a better job of getting open consistently? Yes. I mean, can Joe Brady possibly – do some things on his end, of course. But, you know, I think with that said, we can't keep coddling Sam Darnold like he's free of, you know, any accountability as well. I mean, his carelessness these last two weeks is, you know, there have been deciding factors in both of these losses. Now, uh, J.D., you've been grading Darnold the last couple of games. What have you noticed? It seems like the second half of the – after that Houston game, you know, you're starting to see him revert back to some of his old habits in New York. Yeah. Um, for, for Darnold, the issue has always been for me, um, patience. And uh, I think he's trying to work ahead too many times as far as his footwork. Um, you'll see him lose his base or not be in well in losing his base he loses the ability to make a throw that's there for him. So I think he needs to slow slow the game down in his head because um, even when there's no pressure, even when if he steps up, all he needs is a simple step up in the pocket. And then there's a throw there most of the time. So I think for him, his bad decision-making starts before the throw. Um, a lot of times people will say the quarterback um, – the bad decision is the throw. It's it's the feet. It's always going to be the feet for Darnold. So um, I'm sure if we look back at one of the um, at this game, um, his feet might, or at least on two of the three interceptions, his feet um, might have been the culprit or why um, normally he throws or makes bad reads, or he's just off track. Um, he moves off the first read too fast. Doesn't go to the second read, which is probably open if the first read isn't. So um, I think we're starting to see um, more Jet Darnold 
of him trying to press and force things rather than taking what's there. And that's concerning because that kind of thing can snowball with young QBs. So, um, yeah, we've definitely seen a regression in as far as the grades and as far as the, the simple eye test. This comment here, are we starting to see that Darnold is not it or is it too early? See, I have the opposite approach. I think he has to prove to be it. So he's not it until he proves it. So I, I come from a different direction with that kind of comment. I think, you know, after the three first three games, you know, I know it's exciting to be 3-0 to win, you know, but you still saw a lot of the same habits from bad habits from Darnold, but they weren't, the teams weren't making us pay for those mistakes. And that's why I always try to tell people when you watch film after a win and you point out negatives, no, we're not being negative and trying to be Debbie Downers and say this, this, and that. You know, these factors that these mistakes that we make against the New York Jets or the Houston Texans, they're going to come back to bite us against teams like the Dallas Cowboys. And I think that's what you're seeing. Some of those bad habits that we were pointing out on our podcast, you know, they're coming back to hurt us now. And now we're starting to see it come to light because we're losing games and it's costing us. Seems like Robbie hasn't been running crossers, drags, and slants like he was last year. I have to see. I don't know what um, the route distribution is compared to last year. But, I mean, regardless of you know the types of routes he's running, I mean, I've seen him open several times. I mean, just for whatever reason, you just can't get him involved as a major part of the offense. I'm not upset with Joe Brady. I'm not excited about Darnold. We were told to give him a chance. That's okay. Tepper does believe he's on thin ice. The man wants to win. Um, I mean, I, I can see that as well. I think, you know, Darnold's not going to magically become, you know, somebody he's not. I mean, he had turnover problems in his senior year at USC. He was one of my favorite draft prospects, so I studied him a lot in college. I thought he was the second best quarterback coming out of that draft. But one thing he had to fix was his turnover issues. But he's got good athleticism. He's got a strong arm. Um, he's slow to process coverages, tends to hold the ball too long. And you look at sacks and pressures. Uh, I know Kev and Smooth, they're trench guys, so they're going to hold the O-line accountable and study them. But I think a lot of that is kind of a team effort. The quarterback has to help the offensive line, and the offensive line has to help the quarterback. So when you slow to process things, you're holding the ball, running around in the pocket, trying to extend plays, you know, you're making it hard on the offensive line to hold up. So I think this goes hand in hand with him, you know, being jittery in the pocket, slow to process coverages, and, you know, not being well protected up front. So, I mean, they got to fix that out. You know, I'm not going to give up on Sam. I do think he's a talented player. And he's got um, basically an audition. I mean, we're what? This, we're five games in now. So, Basically, a 12-game audition for him to see, you know, what direction they want to go next year. Yeah, and the whole thing about Don on thin ice, I mean, as far as a long-term contract, maybe. But, I mean, we picked up his fifth-year option. So, he's got this year and next year. Um, you know, I, I and as a fan, I understand how we get caught in the moment of our emotions and, and you know, try to overthink or think too far ahead, too down the road. Yeah, Tepper. Look, I don't know anybody in our organization that, doesn't prioritize winning. You know, it's not just Tepper. Uh, but I, I just think that for the decisions that we made to put this team on the field, I think it's really coming back to, to get us. Uh, you know, where you keep saying, you know, me and Big Smooth are trench guys. I'm, 
and, and you're right about that. The quarterback got to definitely help them out and vice versa. I'm I'm tend to think of I would like for the O-line help out the quarterback more than the quarterback helping out the O-line. But that's just me. Uh, particularly when you look at our pass block um, win rate, you know, on a run block. And it ain't just pass blocking, it's run blocking as well. You know, we need to help McCaffrey. As, as, as electric and magical as McCaffrey's been, McCaffrey has yet to even play with a uh, uh, average offensive line. It's always been like slightly below average. Um, you know, he's done what he's done. Just, just, just think what he could do if we could ever put together a top 10 offensive line unit. So for me, I, um, uh, I, I just think that looking back, and I put this on Twitter, that, you know, the, the, the type of offensive lineman that we brought in, you know, by signing Cam Irvin and Pat Eflin, the first day of free agency, to uh, trading back three times in the second round and sit and watching six offensive linemen get drafted after we traded out of the, our 39 spot, to, um, you know, drafting a left tackle and making them play right tackle and drafting a a left guard and making them play right guard to, again, you know, I got to say it, you know, selecting a long snapper who's on IR versus having, you know, a a stud rookie, um, you know, guard and Trey Smith. Um, and, and, and as he mentioned this week with, you know, Federer mentioned this week, nobody's giving up their lineman. Nobody's giving up their, their backup lineman. So that makes me think he probably reached out to Phil and asked about an Andre Dillard, who who's like their backup. I'm not, I'm, I'm wondering if he started today with the injuries out, but um, yeah. So when people will be like, "Man, we signed all these cornerbacks, why he can't get no offensive lineman?" What a, you know, I saw somebody on a post uh, submitted a post said, "How does the signing of Gilmore help our offensive line?" It doesn't directly, you know. But I'm thinking Phil Snow looking at look, look. I know your offense struggling. Give me another shutdown corner. I'm trying to hold these try to hold these teams under 15 points a game for you. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, you know, with the moves that we're making, okay, we know where we're limited on offense. Let's fortify the other side to to help out as much as possible. It's way too early to give up on Darnold. That's it. Yeah, that's the right take to have. I don't think um, I don't think anyone's really given up on him. I mean, he's our guy this year at a minimum. I mean, next year he's got a fifth-year option. So unless they, you know, pull out some blockbuster move to get Aaron Rodgers to Charlotte if he wants to play behind this offensive line, I mean, I think you know it might be a two-year audition for him. But I mean, one thing you know about this front office is you know they they're not afraid to go after the big fish. I mean, they tried to get Matthew Stafford. They tried to get. Deshaun Watson, so they'll be in the mix for anybody. I don't think any position on this team, you know, any guy on this team can't be replaced. They'll continuously try to upgrade it every position, regardless of who it is. Facts, and before the game, it was worse. Was that an Eagle fan that ran on the field? Or a streaker or something? They didn't show it on TV. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I saw it. Yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, he took off his clothes and, and hopped down. Um, he came off the side where the Panthers come out of. I saw it, and I was like, what in the world? Are, is this really going to take place? So, yeah, that was uh, that was one of them crazy-ass Eagle fans uh, uh, streaking through. Um, <laughs> I couldn't do nothing but laugh. Like, wow, I've all these years finally seen a streaker at, uh, at Bank of America Stadium. 
So game aside, I mean, what was the atmosphere at the stadium that there was a mostly uh, 50 50 or 75 Panther, 25 Eagles, or vice versa? I know there was uh, some reports on Twitter that the um, Panther, that fans were getting loud when Carolina's offense had the ball. Like, whoa, what's going on there? I would say it was more like 65-35. Uh, we still was the strong majority, but, uh, you know, the Eagles fans seem to just all sat together in packs. You know, you'll you'll see a section that's about 20 or 30 of them there, and you go a few sections over. So when they all started making noise, it's, it actually sounded louder as if uh, they, you know, made it dominate, but. You know, again, on our fans, they thought we had the game wrapped up. You know, they started leaving early. You know, I saw some fans leaving out middle of the third quarter. I'm like, it's only 15 to six. Well, you really leaving? Yeah, man, trying to get his head started in this traffic. What? Yeah. I'm like, mm. bro, like, it's it's depressing, man, to see how other teams, like, yeah, it's, they, yeah they sounded a lot louder than, than the numbers that they were. You know, don't get me wrong, they fans do travel well. Uh, I had a homegirl of mine that lived down here with me, she from Philly. She said about uh, 20 of her family and friends, you know, uh, flew down from Philadelphia for this game. Um, so, yeah, they do travel well. But, you know, based on just numbers, I would say it's about 65, 35 Panthers. But when they sit in them packs together like that and start doing that, that stinking ass, you know, Eagles chant, it just sounded a lot louder because they was in unison. Let's see. I know it's too early, but if we do struggle for the rest of the season, how would you let's not start this tank for Howell stuff? Just <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, get me wrong. I like Sam Howell, a player. I think he's going to be a great uh, pro. Um, I mean, if we get him, I'd be ecstatic, but it's just way we still got a lot of football left to play before we can start worrying about draft positioning, big boards, where, where it's going to fall here, who's going to go there. But I think uh, Howell, you know, looking at this quarterback class, he's probably going to be one of the top two, three quarterback coming out this class. And considering Spencer Rattlers, <laughs> he got benched uh, yeah. yesterday. I don't know. The way my Tar Heels looked against Florida State, you know, <laughs> Sam, <laughs> Sam done lost some money this year, bro. I'm right. Like, <laughs> All these hey, look, hey, look, hey, look, we ain't got that first round left. I mean, hey, I'm just saying, <laughs> if Sam's sitting there, <laughs> I ain't going to be mad. With the 14th pick of the 2022 NFL Draft, the Carolina Panthers select Sam Howell. Oh, yay. You know, <laughs> you know. hopefully me and Will will be in Vegas when it happens. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but to answer the question, I, I like him as a player. If we're at, what, 15, 16, 17, he's on the board, you know, and there's no left tackle worth taking, why not? I mean, I think the advantage of that is Sam Darnold is on. Um, on his fifth-year option year next year. So if you want to draft a quarterback and sit him a year, now's the time to do it. Let's see, look, 50-50. Working at Eastgate, there was about 60-40. That channel had me fired up. <laughs> I'm going to the New York-Carolina game. I'm going to be a lot of fights that day. Hey, the Giants got pretty uh, banged up today. Um, Daniel Jones got a concussion. Saquon Barkley got a bad ankle injury. So, I mean, we'll see how that – I mean, we don't play them for a couple of weeks, but, I mean, they're pretty – going to be limping in the next week at least. 
I'm struggling to think this, but where do we go from here? Shuffle the old line with the trash that we have. Get um to me, I think you gotta put Moten back at right tackle. Um, I'd rather have a above average right tackle than a struggling, you know, below average left tackle, if that's what he's gonna give us. Left tackle position, I mean, I think you gotta at least the rookie was playing it. Brady Christensen been playing left tackle all through college. Why not just put guys at their natural position and let them sink at this point? I don't think it can get any worse than it is now. I think Paradis and Daly um, earned their starting spot, so I don't think we replaced them. As far as John Miller, I know a lot of people want to see Deontay Brown, but, I mean, Kev, is he even better than uh, Miller at this stage in his career? Run blocking, I would say yes, but it's in the pass blocking. Again, you're talking about a player that's adjusting to being nearly 40 pounds lighter than what he's been playing with the last few years. So, um, you know, just from a balance point of view standpoint, um, you know, pretty much look at this as almost like a red shirt year for him, um, I would say. Uh, now, he was active today. So, um, you know, that was good to see him, you know, in uniform. For the first time, uh, I don't believe he came in on any special packages or anything like that, any, um, you know, heavy line packages or anything. But, um, you know, I just hope that this, this just continues to fuel his hunger and the drive to, you know, you know, improve himself because, you know, for the size that he was playing in the SEC, you know, and getting everybody best shot at Alabama, you know, he didn't get, you know, we talked about his past set, but he didn't give up. No, no sacks in three years. So I think that the pass blocking bill is there, but at the NFL level, with the way, with the athleticism of these defensive linemen, I just think that, uh, you know, he just, you know, he can't tote that kind of weight around and be effective like he got away with that at Alabama. And plus, you, I think you hit the nail on the head there. I mean, think about, I think he was a 365 at the senior bowl. And he got down, so he's spending. Yeah, three sixty-five, and right. Uh, last I checked, uh, matter of fact, uh, I read an article that clipped and said that he was like right at about between three thirty and three thirty-five. Yeah, so think about between January and training camp, he's more focused on losing weight than strength and conditioning to play NFL football. So I, I agree. I think a red shirt year would be good for him. I don't see CMC making a difference. Our O-line is atrocious. Um, I mean, well, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I think McCaffrey always – it's always better to have Christian McCaffrey than not have him on the field. I'll tell you that much. But, I mean, even with him, I mean, we put, what, 19 points on the Jets. Um, so, I mean, we weren't really exactly an explosive offense, whether he's healthy or not. So, obviously, there's a lot more issues than that. Okay, we're going on an hour, 20 minutes. Looks like, you know, no more uh, fan comments. Uh, be sure to tune in. We're going back to Monday, right, Kev? Tomorrow night. Talk about the Minnesota Vikings matchup. Yeah, tomorrow night, um, 9 o'clock. Um, like I said, unless something unforeseen with one of our work schedules takes place. Um, uh, you all tomorrow, Will? I know it's a holiday, Columbus Day. Not to work, but I'll be ready by uh, – time we go on uh, nine o'clock okay yeah i'll be uh 
Yeah, I'll be available at uh, nine as well. You know, I work that good old eleven thirty to eight shift. So, yeah, I'll be uh, I'll be ready to go. Um, like I said, if nine is too late for y'all, I mean, we could push up to eight thirty. Like I said, you know, anytime after eight, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. We'll tune in tomorrow night. We'll give you an update. We'll break down the Vikings game. Throw this uh, film in the garbage can and burn it. Let's see what the uh, got another home game next week against a. Uh, no tough Vikings team that beat us last year. So we'll see what we can do to pay them back and try to get back on the win column. Last thing I want to see, I mean, we were three and two last year as well. I think that's when we had that losing streak. So you know, we've got to find a way to get back one in the win column this week. Okay. Well, thank you everybody for tuning in. I'm going to enjoy the game tonight. I think it's Kansas City and Buffalo. If you watch the Panthers North. I appreciate you for tuning in tonight. Be sure to check us out tomorrow. A tough loss, but hey, I mean, we're still three and two. Still a lot of football left to play. So let's see if we can hang in there and try to still play relevant football in December. Because that's the ultimate goal in this year, too. So appreciate y'all. Talk to you tomorrow. We'll holler. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.